0: You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast.
1: computer voice and thank you everybody listening this is maddie your host of the voluntary vixens podcast joined as usual by my co-host jesse hey everybody <laughs> and we're you know super cheery this uh lovely <laughs> tuesday evening um election day yeah it's, it's apparently election day um <laughs> so that didn't affect me in my life at all but you know maybe in some ways it does but I don't think I had any locally, um but you know somewhat related to this topic, and you know, I'll see how maybe sort of out of touch I am, but so related to this topic of elections, um we happen to have Shane Hazel with us tonight.
2: ladies, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here very cool
1: <laughs> so Shane, I guess like primarily most relevant and current um you're running for. Georgia governor, right?
2: President president of Georgia now. Oh, I, I mean
1: <laughs> I, would, yeah. we, I think we I prefer adopted,
2: that. <laughs> yeah, we adopted secession last year and uh in one of our state planks. So um yeah, I, I don't know if it's officially you know that I should be running for president if we're gonna adopt secession, but yeah, it's definitely <laughs> uh the executive of Georgia, whatever that's gonna be here in the near future.
1: Well, um Considering you are also the host of the podcast called Radical, which I appreciate because it really is the time to be radical. And it's amazing, though, like what our opinions are and how truly not radical they are. But in comparison to like what the establishment and the empire is throwing at us to, you know, the the lines they want us to tell, I I mean, we can't be anything but radical.
2: Well, I mean... I I kind of thought the same thing for a long time. Right. Like I was just like, you know, why is peace and liberty and consent and and being independent? Why is that radical? Right. And as you really kind of look back at history, there's a great um, montage going around of Joe Rogan talking about, you know, how, you know, in 1776 and all it's it's a fantastic montage. But it's like, you know, we did something radically different because. Uh, up until that point, you know, it was dictatorship, one way or another. It was dictatorship, and mm-hmm. for the first quote unquote first time, you know, we have people actually electing people to a government that they wanted to represent, and kind of right. So yeah. they kind of got it right, um, especially with the, the Declaration of Independence, and and some of the states actually did get it right, like Delaware, some of the northern states, even some of the southern states got it right. There are a lot of the southern states that didn't get it right. Um, not to mention, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that. You know not only people with more melanin in their skin couldn't vote but a lot of times women obviously weren't extended the um you know the the right to vote either so it's not like we knocked it out of the park it's like we dabbled right and so mm-hmm. now it's 2021 and we can actually look back and you know with um i i think some honesty and say listen they didn't get it right maybe we should do something better maybe we should actually do what we've always been indoctrinated with here in the United States right and i think it is actually a radical idea it is it is a vast departure um especially for us like anarcho capitalist and and libertarian and minarchist mm-hmm. whatever you know your 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 flavor of libertarianism is right it's like maybe um you know what we should be looking at is a system where you never ever have to enter into any type of situation Without consent, and that is a that is a radical idea in history. Like it has always been, and it still is today. There are tons of people out there in, in the universe that say, you know, I'm I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, or I'm a constitutionalist, and you never signed a contract, but we are going to exercise force and coercion against you, um, even if you're a peaceful person. And that's that's obviously draconian, and 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 the way we think in in you know <laughs> <I> 2021. Know. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, it's I don't know. I I, I did it at first kind of to mock the system because they always talk to us like, you know, especially as veterans, they were like, those guys, they are radicals, right? Like those guys have a real, real tendency to um, really buck the system if they're not totally in, I don't know, just boot looking warmongers. Right. So, yeah, I I said, okay, you know, you guys are going to call us that might as well adopt it.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like, you know, that makes me think of of course and again why this will be such a, you know, important thing to talk to you about is like you're taking on the moniker that our mainstream corporate like military industrial complex will throw that label onto anybody that they want to go overturn abroad. It pick a country, doesn't matter. Um you know, all they have to do is mm-hmm. say and waive the term, you know, radicals or they're, you know, the rebels. And it's like, well, you know, the governmental system in place probably sucks. You know, generally these people aren't good people. Um, so, you know, it, it's just disingenuous to throw that term around and have it supposed to be like sufficient um, enough to maybe send our people <laughs> including um, your previous self, uh, you know, to war.
2: Well, and it's the first step in warfare, right? Like it's when, when, when you're looking at what warfare is, so many people think that it's just, you know, firing bullets and tanks and stuff like that's That's the culmination of the, all the, the crap that goes into war beforehand. And I'll tell you, you know, these guys, they, they know their craft extremely well. They have obviously trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars uh that they've honed it with over the last 20 years, not to mention, you know, since uh really World War II now. And the first thing they've got to do is dehumanize and other, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, that's a you know a verb, right? Is othering. They other those people so that they are dehumanized. So you don't think about them as families. You don't think about them as, you know, young men, women, children, as family units that really are just like us. And they just want to live their lives and be left alone. And in most cases, obviously, especially when we're screwing around in Africa and the Middle East, I mean, those those poor people have it so much worse off under, you know, the, the, the situation they're already living in. And let's face it, I mean, you know, China and Russia and places like that really don't have the GDP to come after America. Right. And to think that, you know, they're going to launch an offensive from the Middle East from somewhere is is absolutely ludicrous
1: so um before we get too far ahead and i missed the opportunity to do so i was before you hopped on um i was telling jesse that like i kind of wanted to get a little bit more of your origin so you know you you mentioned that you're a veteran um and so i kind of i maybe i have heard you describe all this before but just for our listeners and anybody not listening and because i think it 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 captures you know a huge part of who you are and why i think your voice is so important especially in this movement where um you know i think it's growing like uh the biting the bullet guys like that's where we first heard your name and i guess put Mm -hmm. the pieces together because i definitely saw your name on twitter you know before that and so but anyway i'd love to hear like your origin story and um you know kind of who you are where you came from and then what kind of led you to join the military.
2: Oh, oh boy. Okay. I mean, yeah, we'll sorry, sh- that's
1: a lot of things I just threw in. Yeah,
2: I mean, that. boy, we're gonna take up the rest of the hour and I'm gonna try to be <laughs> as pithy as possible. Uh shout out to Luke and Typo, by the way. Love those guys. I thought <laughs> I I I swear to God, if I could adopt those guys, like I'm trying to get them to move into my neighborhood down here in North Georgia. Would be so like, great. I hey and for your crowd, if anybody's looking for a place to move Waleska, Georgia. It's a one-stop sign in town. We've got Reinhardt College here, and there's nothing out here. Like, it's beautiful and it's not that far away from civilization. So, and there's no banjos or anything like that. But I am I'm ap- actively recruiting the Liberty Crowd to come to Appalachia stand that I'm forming and um we're we're going to we're going to do some neat things out here. But um yeah, I kind of yeah. grew up um red, white and blue, um very indoctrinated by, you know, public indoctrination. My grandfather was in the Navy in World War II. Uh, my other grandfather, you know, worked for GM building tanks during World War II. Um, yep. you know, all the, all the classic, you know, lip service to freedom and America starts paying <laughs> oh, the awesomeness, right? Oh yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, can I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Can I cuss on your show? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like
2: I Sometimes I get ahead of myself and I don't even ask and I shouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, so I, 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 I had a cousin who I really admired who was a Marine And he would come down all the time. He was a lot older than I was. And I thought those guys were the coolest guys in the world. And I loved hanging out with him when he was there. And I really kind of just looked up to him and, you know, he was an air winger in the Marine Corps. Um, And so for for the crowd that maybe doesn't speak military, right. is like a lot (laughs) of times the guys that, um are grunts and special forces they kind of look down on anybody who's not they call them pokes people other than grunts and it's kind of Mm -hmm. a derogatory term um but he was an air winger and at the time i was like i don't i had no idea you know i thought all marines were badasses i thought all marines carried a gun and went off to war and fought battles and made america glorious Mm -hmm. so fast forward like to to 1998 i graduated high school and i like I didn't need to go to the military. Nothing was happening. There was no, there was no fight. My cousin's like, Hey man, if you go now, you're just going to sit around and throw rocks. And I was like, well, I really don't want to waste my life doing that kind of stuff. Like, you know, if, if there's a need, quote unquote, if there's a need, I'll go. And sure as shit, um, you know, September 11th, I was going into my senior year of college. I said, all right, I'm going to come back to college, maybe someday, and I'm going to join the Marine Corps. And I asked my recruiter, I said, hey, man, what's reconnaissance? And the, this guy, Gunnery Sergeant uh, uh, Evans, I think was his name. And he goes, snooping and pooping, dog, snooping and pooping. And I was just like, I think you're full of shit. Like, and he was. <laughs> he, he, was a, he was a pogue. He was a motor tea guy. He had no idea what reconnaissance did. But any, um, I got into reconnaissance um, after doing really well in boot camp and all my primary training and all that. And so um, reconnaissance at the time, uh, forced reconnaissance was the premier special operations group in the Marine Corps. And so um, I went over for the initial invasion into Iraq um, early 2003. We were in Kuwait. Um, we, we got kind of overrun by our own battalion. You know, um, going north because it was just going so fast. It, you know, like we do long range reconnaissance and recce and that kind of stuff. And um, you know, those guys were like, Well, we're already done with this part, so we're just gonna keep moving, and you guys can just kind of get in this gaggle that's headed up to Baghdad. So we did. Um, and then we came back and we my my platoon came back earlier than everybody else in the company, and we did another workup for about a year and went Back out um, on this thing called a marine expeditionary unit. And uh, we made one stop in Hawaii and then we steamed right back to Kuwait, got off the boats, and we were supposed to do, you know, kind of like this, you know, m- what we do in marine expeditionary units. You hit places like Thailand and Guam and Australia and I don't know, Seychelles. Like if you're on the West Coast, you do that. If you're on the East Coast, you do what's called a, a med float where, you know, you hit up places like Italy and all the, all the Mediterranean mm-hmm. in, in Europe right so it's you're just basically the force and readiness so we got over there we never saw the boats again they were like see you later and usually it's about six months and they're like you're gonna be here for a while so, you know the colonel's coming down and so we got into country um we went into this place called Najaf which is kind of on the western side of southern Iraq before you really hit uh the dunes and the deserts it's, uh, it's a it's a one of the, the, the most holy um, sites in all of Islam, It's called. Uh, there's a place called the Abraham Graveyard out there. It's miles long. It's, it, it's amazing. Catacombs, and they've got the Imam Ali Shrine. So we got into this place, and we picked a fight with a Mahdi Militia, which were the guys we were supposed to be helping. Right. Like the Mahdi militia was a bunch of Shiites and the Shiites were the guys who were absolutely crushed by Saddam and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff Mm -hmm. and kind of overrun by, you know, the Sunnis. So we went in there and we fought, um, you know, Muqtada al-Sadr and his Mahdi militia and we surrounded them. And when we were about to blow this place off the map, they said, no, we are brokering a peace deal with a Grand Ayatollah Sistani and the Mahdi militia. And after fighting in August in the Iraqi heat, we had to watch everybody who was in this place walk out under a white flag. And we are like, what the hell's going on? So this was, kind of like, this was kind of like that first question I had. And I was like, all right, if we're not here to just crush bad guys that are supposed to be like, you know, you know take, you're going to take over America with dirty bombs and yeah. suitcase bombs and all this bullshit. Um, I was just like, what the hell? So, um, for the next couple months, we got attached to operational detachment alpha. I believe it was either fifth group or 10th group. There's an army special operations so we can learn some things. And then we got called up to Fallujah to do the battlefield reconnaissance for, um, the breach points and all that stuff on the North end of Fallujah. And that was, you know, kind of an exciting time. It was like, all right, you know, here's another fight here we go. And we're going to actually go and do our mission. We're going to go out all night long. We're going to take a look at, you know, places where we can breach the Northern end of the city. And I mean, some wild nights out there, you know, and so we get back and then the battle starts right around this time in 2004. Um, so, um, we got in and we ended up doing combat replacement stuff after a few days because um, the guys from third battalion, first Marines are three one. They lost a lot of dudes. Right. Ugh. And mm. yeah, well, I mean, it's just, that's what, yeah, yeah. It's, it sucks. Right. We had 10,000 Marines and, and some guys from the army um, out there. We had some seals out there with us, but we ended up going house to house throughout the entire city. And I'll tell you like just some, some of the worst stuff you'll, you can possibly imagine. And then, you know, throw in the 40 smells and nastiness of, you know, just terrible, terrible things. Um, mm. so it was probably closer to, um, Thanksgiving, uh, when we finally got our first reprieve from this, like the hostilities had kind of come to an end, uh, after some pretty intense fighting, uh, in the South after we, we, we pushed North to South and the, and the, the whole thing. So we get back and, um, laying on my bed after you know, I finally got a shower for the first time in a month mm-hmm. was this book by John Taylor Gatto. And it was, uh, the underground warfare or the, the underground history of, uh, the American education system. And, you know, it's not light reading. Um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> not but that's,
1: more, you know, or but, like at least in the. Yeah,
2: <laughs> so one of my, one of my good friends, you know, we, we all passed books around. It was kind of our pastime back then. There wasn't, you know, the internet was, Right. ridiculous right you know yeah um so you know there wasn't facebook or any of that kind of stuff kind of sound old as hell no, um,
3: no, no, <laughs> no i'm i'm with you trust me right like,
0: it's,
2: yeah. like oh yeah back in those days where we just did stuff and read books and
0: <laughs> yeah and so didn't,
1: didn't yeah i was other. i was a freshman in high school so even in my at-home standards like where we were with the internet like it just no eh. yeah yeah
2: yeah, digital pictures, MySpace, maybe.
1: But um, yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, it wasn't, we're, 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 wasn't
1: fancy here. We're so. still using
2: film cameras, for God's sakes. I mean, that's, yep. <laughs> I mean, it's,
1: yeah.
2: it's nuts. So we read a lot, and that was kind of um, what we had to do. We, I mean, our platoon leaders, um, our, our team leaders were always like, if, you're, if you don't have a book, we're going to find something for you to do. And so it really was this culture of like a very Spartan culture. Like you, you, you lived a hard life, but you also studied and you, you, you made very hard, you know, your, your, your body and everything else, but you obviously um, curated a lot of knowledge during those years. So that book um, for your audience, if you haven't read Gatto, man, that guy is special. I mean, was special. He, um, he talked about, how the school system in America was brought over from Prussia by Horace Mann in the 1800s, and that it was meant to create basically obedience to orders and good little soldiers. So when the state ran off uh, or, and, and wanted to pick a fight, they had good little people to go do it and good little people to work in their factories and a national language and national customs and culture and really kind of the centralization effect, right, and very Prussian shocker that you know yeah. that's where Hitler would ever come yeah. from <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I read that and I kind of okay. had this epiphany like holy shit I'm halfway around the world fighting not for you know freedom not for liberty not for people's rights none of this stuff I'm fighting for banks I'm fighting mm-hmm. for an MIC I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for all of these things that are absolute bullshit And to, you know, obviously still have until, I don't know, it was almost end of February on that deployment to, you know, to continue doing what we were doing. I was just like, Jesus Christ. And I, you know, looked at my buddy. And I was just like, why did you give me this book? He's like, I know, right? Like,
1: <laughs> he needed somebody else. <laughs> just,
2: yeah. And so, we you know, like we, we kept passing that book around and like most of our platoon after that tour got out. Um, but you know, for me, that was the aha moment. And it was like, all right. Uh, everything that you think you thought you knew, uh, is a lie. And so you've been, you know, you've been wrong for all these years. And so, you know, like any young man who's 24, 25 years old, I got super pissed, right? Like, yeah. I know, I know some shit, people, and this stuff is a lie. And like, you, you're like, at that point, you're a very early entry type of libertarian. You're not a libertarian, but you're like, all right, I'm definitely not <laughs> those guys. And I'm yeah. super angry. And I got a little bit of knowledge that you dumbasses don't have. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of just, you know, took its course. And, you know, you find, little nuggets of truth here and there and you start just tearing down institution after institution after institution, uh, that we're all based on lies. And before you know it, I mean, you're ANCAP running for governor in Georgia, maybe president.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Sorry to make that so long, but yeah, that was no. kind of the backstory on how I got to be here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, I appreciate all that. Um, cause I've heard some of that before, but, um, I think the, The detail, even though, you know, like you said, you kinda ran through it pretty quickly or as quickly as you could for all that went on. I think it's um all like we've been kind of like victims in some way or another of all this um this indoctrination, this you know, the the warfare, um like those early stages of warfare that you said you mentioned that happened obviously before bullets and stuff start ripping and um the, any immediate thoughts on Colin Powell's recent death?
2: <laughs> I'm missing mm. that guy so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all. Pause and cry about. That. Oh
2: man! I mean, what a what a terrible actor, you know. And uh, if you ever hear Scott Horton talk about, um, you know, Colin Powell, and, and and that when when he came out of the meeting with the UN, and he's like, we're they're never going to buy it. We just we just blew it, you know, right out of our ass. And like he's he was saying this. Um, you know, to the staff and everything, and sure as hell, man, they bought it, right? Like, and that's the thing is, like, listen, you're talking to another organization that's, you know, about to be funded by the American yeah. war machine. Like, it's like, yeah, are they going to buy it? Sure, they're going to buy it. Is is, yeah. is, is the press going to buy it? Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is they did. Like, the the I mean, the left in America went from being anti-war to defending twenty six thousand bombings by Barack Obama in a span of eight years and, and, yep. and just thinking like wow guys like <laughs> who's left who do we have left that's fighting this kind of thing so yeah i don't i'm not gonna miss colin powell um you know he had a he had a real chance to do something pretty special with his life considering he was um you know a young black male and you know achieved as much as he did but when you really know the history of Colin Powell and the, the massacres and stuff that he covered up, even in Vietnam, and.: Ooh, I didn't boy, know about
0: that.
2: Yeah, oh, it is spectacularly uh, disgusting and mm-hmm. repulsive, and it's just yeah, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what happens is these guys who play ball with the upper ech- echelon after the rank of like Lieutenant colonel, it's all political at that point. It's just mm-hmm. these guys who are, you know, the, what they call an06 and above if you're not if you're not making those stars shine at the top man you ain't going nowhere like it is absolutely as political as anything is if not more so
3: it seems like it's almost like you kind of sell your soul in order to to get that position
1: and then to keep climbing it
2: yeah and and that's and that's the worst part right Is like i mean These, and that's the thing is like, these guys know, I mean, you go, even look at John McCain, right? Like guys who's, who's hit Senator, who was tortured by Vietnamese in a, in a nonsense war, you know, Mm -hmm. he's still to his dying day. He was that guy that was like, we need to send more young men and women out of the wire to go out and do these heinous things to peaceful people. Yep. And he could do it with a straight face. He, and, and on the other side of it, he went out and armed the Northern Alliance, which were Zarqawi's guys, which we chased all over yep. Iraq, which was Al-Qaeda at the time. And you're mm-hmm. like, you're arming and aiding and abetting Al-Qaeda? You are the very definition of it. A, a traitor you 've committed treason by definition, mm-hmm. and having the experience he did to to do all that man what a what a gigantic i mean they're, all of them i mean that's the thing is you get to that point and you 're like, you guys know like the guys who are you know lowly enlisted and maybe new officers that haven't been around they haven 't seen this kind of stuff, like I get it they were they 've been indoctrinated since the time they were five years old they 've never heard anything, and they think they're doing something honorable for their family, their name, for, you know, maybe even, you know, their, their children, right? And mm-hmm. this thing is like, you get to a certain point and you go, Mm-mm, man, this is, this is all a lie. And if you perpetuate it, then obviously that's where things get real evil real fast. <laughs> oh, yeah
1: depressing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's true. burning
2: though. I mean, I, it, maybe I maybe we so. can put a, a silver lining yeah. on it. There's a <laughs> lot of guys right now that are saying, screw this, man. We're getting out. Good. We're done. Like,
3: Yeah. that's. Yeah. that's I was going to ask that. Like, is that like now you're you're are you seeing more people who are ready to get out and hate these politicians? You know, I'm just curious or.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was actually, I was kind of saving this for one of my next shows because um, this next week would have been 20 years in my retirement had I stayed oh, in. Wow. And that's the thing is like, you guys have heard kind of the backstory. Like I ran in right after 9-11. So mm-hmm. to, to kind of think like there are guys right wow. now who are, who I went to boot camp with, who also, you know, have done two, three, four, five deployments have, you know, lived this nightmare for the last 20 years, you know, where they thought they were serving their country. Maybe they didn't have the moment that I had, but let's just say they're still to that point where, you know, they're they're like, I love America. I pledge allegiance to the flag. And I I cry when I hear, you know, the national anthem, right? Like if you're that guy, if I was that guy right now, and they were like, Hey man, um, you got to get vaccinated or we're going to kick you out of the military now. After everything that you have done for the last 20 years and we're probably going to take your benefits, right? Because you're that close. We're going to take your damn benefits away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, it's like all this stuff that you told us we earned a retirement benefits, you know, healthcare, all this shit. Can you Like the storm that is about to be unleashed in america because of these disgruntled bastards going holy hell it wasn't everything that they told me it was going to be and on top of it they're going to pour salt in the wound oh it's going to be fantastic i mean Uh, i need
1: that i need to see that i can't wait
2: (laughs) recruiting numbers are already through the floor like they are calling up older guys going hey yeah once in a while and, and this might be something for your audience um one of my buddies sent me an email today he's like um, former fifth group guy, I think, or maybe even third, but he was saying like the recruiters like, Oh yeah, just want to, to reach out, see how you're doing basically. And these guys are all full of shit. So yeah. he's like, you know, I'm just kind of wondering how you're adapting to civilian life and, you know, kind of checking in with you to make sure that, you know, are, are you meeting your needs? Are you, are you fully insured? Do you have debt are you worried about your mortgage are you worried about
1: your job are you worried about
2: vulnerability oh sure (laughs) exactly right and i mean that's (laughs) how how evil is that it's like they're they're so damn desperate right now that they're going after guys who have gotten out guys who who retired and they think you know maybe these guys will find a better life inside you know what they decided to leave on their own free you know will so yeah, but it, it, it's, it's right definitely
1: tribe, right. I yeah. was waiting, I was almost waiting for you to ask, like, if they were casually asking these people if they just, you know, happen to be vaccinated or not. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, it can't, it can't come up, but um, maybe not. I,
2: I'll tell you, there's loopholes, and anywhere you go, <laughs> there's loopholes. And so, recruiters, recruiters are the king of loopholes, like, they will oh, send yeah. people in that should have never, ever Ooh. been in the military ever and they are liars as long as the day is a government
1: program right
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: absolutely look look
1: at who they pull in (laughs) like not everybody i'm sure you know there's people who go and sign up their own volition and maybe like if this weren't a disgusting government-run system we'd have we'd have people in encapistan that were like the soldiers our defenders our warriors like that's just human History well, yeah they per, yeah,
2: they perverted the warrior class like right? we need a warrior class right and, yeah. and
1: mm-hmm.
2: the great thing is, is is it naturally exists in i especially young men right there there are there's a certain amount of young men out there who will always be those guys that instead of running away from a situation they run at the situation to help right it's like
0: yep.
2: th- there are some psychopaths out there don't get me <laughs> wrong you know, there's that fraction of a percent that are actually psychopaths that just want to go and kill and fight. Um, yeah. but there is a much larger number that actually are just do gooders that, you know, that, that believe what their, their mom and dad and their grandparents told them growing up that you, you, you help out when you can. And you know, if, if somebody's in trouble, you know, you don't turn your back, you don't run away. you Like, and they they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that, that's for me. Like, and I love this kind of stuff. It's like, I mean, they're still out there. They, they might be a little, I don't know. Um, you know, my generation is definitely, you know, the generation that I think is a little more skeptical. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you know, with with who they are and what they know and what they've been through, they are definitely not the guys I think I'd want to pick a fight with right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a silver lining. That gives me some hope. Like
3: The only I- thing I can think of, though, because um, I, I have a cousin who – she's been in the military since um gulf war so she was one of the first in the army to uh get go to kuwait right like right after the the marines were there
0: mm-hmm.
3: and um you would have thought with all of her experiences that she would have realized all of this is bullshit. all of this is pointless and but no, she voted for Biden. She made Obama pajamas. Like, I mean, come on. She loves the Democratic Party, like, not just votes Democrat. Like, she thinks the Democratic Party is going to save us all and make everything better. And um, Doing she also thinks that the military is great. And she's tried to talk my younger cousin into joining, and he doesn't want to do it. Cause he realizes what it is. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, some people I just don't, I'm completely baffled by like, what, it, how, if, after everything she's seen and not to just mention that, I mean, she worked for NASA, lost her job at NASA when Obama was the president. Cause if you guys remember he cut funding to NASA. So she <laughs> lost her job because of love him the guy she made pajamas for. Yeah. And, (laughs) and now she works for the VA and she hates it. Like she complains about it all the time because she said, I worked with people who were like geniuses. And now I work with people who like, can't even put their shoes on. (laughs)
2: I'll I'll, I'll tell you, like, you know how bad it is at the VA guys is like, I get, I get sexually harassed at the VA and I'm I'm not, (laughs) not even just like the last time I went down there, I had this, um, older older black woman, and I sat down. She started taking blood and all that kind of stuff, and she started asking me questions. She goes, "Ooh, honey," and I was just like, "Me?" <laughs> and she goes, "She goes, I'm just gonna keep asking you questions because I want to hear you talk." And I was just like, "Oh, this oh. is getting really, really like that." Yeah, no, and I I get it. Like the, the yes, I mean for for your cousin, the thing is is like, I think there's a I think there's some moments that don't happen for a lot of guys, uh, they definitely happen for even less females who are in uh, the service, is when when, when you kind of see uh, what the whole functioning end is, right? Like the, the really yeah. terrible end of what war is. I don't think most people see that. Thank God, you know, Like I, I'm glad they don't. Um, but at the same time, that also gives you this bit of insulation into this headspace that you may have kind of, created and been indoctrinated and brainwashed with anyway. So, you know, it just kind of adds to the, I don't know, the fervor that is, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you're serving your country and you know, you're doing great things for America and you know, life is good and things are taken care of and everything should be just this amazing. And the thing is some people come from a life that isn't as good as the military. Right. And yep. boy, that's a, that's a hard thing for, you know, a lot of people to understand is like you I mean, I don't think a lot of people in America, this is and this is how you know comfortable we we are is mm-hmm. they they can't understand that this lifestyle for a lot of people is a better lifestyle than they ever knew growing up,
3: yeah, I think that's part of it because her life growing up was really hard. and this was the place that gave her stability. It gave her a job. It gave her a purpose. And I think that even though she saw, like, she saw some pretty traumatic things, you know, and stuff that she won't even tell me about. And uh, so I know that she's witnessed some things and experienced some things that really should have, you know, woken her up a little bit. But I think that's the key. I think, and that's how I think so many people get suckered in is because, like you said, their lives are really tough. They, I think that's who they recruit. Like, if you go to any poor part of town, or any like uh, like rural Alabama, for example. Dro- I drove through rural Alabama, and that is where like the only thing you see is the army recruiting center right there. Oh. That's the biggest thing in the city or in their town. They look for people who have like you know come from almost nothing because they make the best recruits because they're easy to to bamboozle into anything.
1: Honestly, yeah. um, you're you're making me draw a lot of connections between like army recruitment centers and where they might be and like mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood.
3: Uh, yep. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, what what a lot of people don't know is kind of the shady side of the military either, right? Like there's, there's obviously the upper echelon that's just criminal, right? But then you've got places like Fort Bliss Yuma, you've got all sorts of things down on the southern border. Um mm. and between the gun running and the sex trafficking and everything that goes on out there, I mean, there are people, you know, that have just gone missing, right? Like, no kidding, yeah. missing down at Fort Bliss, left out in the training areas out there. And you don't walk out of there. Like that's white sands, and it's I mean, it is there's nothing for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. And miles and people die and get left and forgotten, and you know, reported AWOL and things like that. Not to mention, like just the the drugs and guns and everything else that they run through there. And the thing is, is you I mean you've got you know you've got bureaucracy working both sides of the issue, right? You've got the ATF, you've got the DEA, you mm-hmm. got the CIA, you've got all of this these guys that mm-hmm. are you know allowed in those training areas to go back and forth and have access to places that are not monitored or kind of above quote unquote above reproach Mm. because, Hey man, they got badges, right? They're good guys, man. I'm telling you right now, like this, you know, the more people know, um, you know, the, the, just the, I think the more disbelief there is because the, the narrative, I mean, you look at what we've been told for, I mean, at least our lifetimes in adult lifetimes at that, I mean, when, when 9-11 kicked off and, I don't know, you went to a ball game or something, like, you remember, like, just the red, white, and blue, you know, yeah. s- the pregame everything, and then, like, during the game, they've had, and our Soldier of the Week or Soldier of the Game or whatever they had, like, why is this here? What are we doing? And once you start to understand that, I mean, you know, they're doing the same thing now with things like COVID, You know, spending trillions of dollars on propagandists in the machine to, you know, to get people to think a certain way. Man, it's it's absolutely
3: it's disgusting. (laughs) Um, I was in Chattanooga like last week, and there's a sizable um, you know, neighbor area in Chattanooga that is typically black American. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just noticing when I was driving through some of those neighborhoods. I mean, there's like vaccine Uh, advertisements with these beautiful black families, these adorable black kids, you know, and um, they don't say it, but they're like, oh, if you love your loved ones, get vaccinated. But it's clearly targeted to a certain demographic of people that live in that area because they know that demographic doesn't want to be part of an experiment like t- Tuskegee. Tuskegee, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, isn't that amazing too? Is like, I mean, when you look at populations, like even BLM is going, nah, you guys can get, you know, you guys can screw off, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're one of the yeah, those, just get
3: know, good. yeah. Good. <laughs> just, uh, I was about it. to say, okay, yeah, get, get
2: <laughs> fucked, right? Like, I'm not taking your vaccine. We saw what you did t- in Tuskegee. We kind of know about some other experiments. Biden also sucks. South
1: you know, they're not yeah. enjoying their time with him. So whatever yeah. it takes to wake people
2: up, I'm bored. Obama didn't do shit for him. You know, yeah. a lot of people who were in the black communities defected to Trump. And you're like, well, at least they can get behind a New York Democrat. Right. But like, they're done with these socialists. They, I'm telling you, like, I think there, I think there is such fallout from black neighborhoods because I mean, if, if we're being honest, I'm going to tell you right now, like, if you've ever been in inner city urban areas and you've hung out with those dudes, let me tell you what those dudes are not about. Those dudes are not about like the whole gay lifestyle, right? Like they are, they're not, they, they, they look down upon it. They say things that would probably get me kicked off of YouTube and every social media platform. If I actually came out and said them, but I'm telling you right now, like when you're with those dudes and some of those subjects come up, like they're not about that, man. They like they're probably worse than rural America in terms of the acceptance of the LBGQT alphabet people, right? Like they are not about that shit at all. (laughs) And to see this fallout with things like vaccines, I mean um, with Obama, with Biden, the Mm -hmm. fact that they know that, you know, he was the the author of the 94 crime bill. I mean, it is just, it's, I'm glad it's like, I know I sound like I've got like, all these things where the, the state is just screwing people left and right. But for everything that I'm telling you guys where I, I'm seeing a mass awakening and, and, I, and I wanted, I don't want to be that person that's a, like the people call black belt. Right. I am extremely optimistic about what's happening right now. Um, and mm-hmm. I, like, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Like, I don't know. Have you guys hung out in Twitter spaces?
1: Twitter spaces? Yeah. Yeah um yeah. twitter spaces uh,
2: might be one of the coolest places on the internet
1: because yeah. so that's an actual thing like maybe i don't know maybe i don't even know what you're talking
2: about. oh man let let us let, let this uh aging millennial tell yeah, you teach, um teach me. so twitter has opened up this arena mm-hmm. um where you can go in and you can have a chat room not like type chat like no kidding people come in here and they have discussions And there's only a certain amount of speakers, and you can use you know emojis to raise your hand if you want to speak. You can ask become a speaker or just listen. And they are fascinating. And what I hear and what I've you know you know kind of seen I don't know for the past couple months with this very very interesting side of Twitter is a lot of people agree. A lot of people come in from different points of you know in, in perspectives, and they have very Rational conversations and very polite and respectable conversations from completely different sides, and they're all going, "Yeah, you know what? The government's kind of fucked up," and we all kind of see it, right? Like, and the thing is, it's not just yeah. here in America, right? It's Canada, it's yeah. Mexico. I'm telling you, I, I, I've had you know these spaces open with a whole bunch of you know different representatives of African nations, of Europe. It is. Amazing! It's it's it's, it's kind of like Clubhouse, right? Um, and I mean mm-hmm. these these places are just the breeding ground for something so amazing and so special that you know people are going listen. Those people over there, they're not our enemies. They're they're just yeah. like us, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Really incredible. If you haven't checked it out, I definitely recommend them.
3: Yeah, okay. I I definitely think that we're headed towards a balkanization of some kind I really think so I, I don't know how else
1: to at all I don't
3: see I mean maybe not in my lifetime but we're so split up that it's you know and I honestly do like you're saying somebody told me the other day that my opinion on vaccines was a minority opinion that it's just a tiny small amount of people think that way I do <laughs> and so it doesn't matter anymore yeah <laughs> Yeah. And so I was like, I, first off, you know, being right sometimes doesn't put you in the majority. And number two, I don't think I'm in the minority. I think I'm part of the silent majority that feels this way.
2: Well, when when that same person has got social justice warrior in their bio and they're telling you that the minority doesn't fucking matter. You're like,
3: do you hear yourself think? Exactly. I mean, are you talking Uh, out loud? Do you say this kind of stuff? That's all I've been doing for the past couple of years. It's like, does anybody else see this? Like with everything, it's been like, uh, does anybody, can we all just admit now that Biden is more, if not the same amount of embarrassment to this country as Trump was? Can we do that? I mean, and does nobody see like all the inconsistencies with COVID over the past couple of years? We've changed the rules on masks. We've changed the rules on how we get infected and what the symptoms are. Yeah. It's like.
2: (laughs) <laughs> we we have it. We we definitely have a psychosis in America. And I don't know, I don't think it's anywhere near as widespread as they make it out to be. And I and I will tell you, you know, I've I've had a couple of conversations today, and it's funny to where they've they've kind of dove into this piece of my brain that I've kind of been trying to iron this thought out for a while. Is I don't think America's full of extremists. I don't think that, you know, like, you know, even as a radical. I'm not extreme. I, I'm not like sitting here going, like, we have to do this. We have to do this at gunpoint, right? I'm not going to sit here and use force coercion. I'm going to try to talk you into it. We're going to have discussions and ideas, but I don't think most of America, whether they, you know, I don't care how they identify. I don't care if they're, you know, purple lesbians or, you know, you know, <laughs> space monsters. I don't give a shit. You know, like I don't care how they identify. Most people are not extremists Now, I will say, I think the majority of people who are in offices of power and are in mainstream propaganda, I think those are the extremists. Mm-hmm. And I think that yes. they are absolutely paid out the nose to be extremists, to be actors, to be, you know, the, the people who toe the line or they're blackmailed. I don't I don't know. But I'm I'm gonna tell you, like, I don't see what those people talk about on a daily basis. When I go and talk to my neighbors and I go out in my community, wherever I am, I just see people getting along. I see people that are fed the fuck up with everything, whether they're wearing a mask, whether they're not wearing a mask, whether they're vaccinated or not vaccinated, people are done. Yeah. And the thing is, is they're not hurting each other. They're not taking each other's stuff. Everybody gets through the day, like 99.9% of people don't rape, kill. You know, They don't, they don't assault people. They don't vandalize. Like most people are just good damn people they're not extremists they just go to their job do whatever for the you know the the rest of the night and then they go to bed and they repeat the next day that's it's not extreme right meanwhile on the other side you've got these people that are just spinning these tails and this putrid hate that just they they want you to see right you're like those are the extremists and i think you know the the sooner we call it out like it is like I, i think I think it's catching on. And I think it's just how do we articulate this to give everybody else out there the firepower to go out and have the same, like, Hey man, you know, heard this guy talk about, you know, Americans not being extreme the other day. It's actually just you guys that are extremist.
3: Mm -hmm. And I hate to say it, but like when we're talking about people that are like, most of my experience has been with people who are, you know, unfriending people the people who are like getting rid of and kicking people out of their families are the people that are on. the Yeah. Always has been. And it's, and they want to claim that, uh, that they, that it's the people on the right or the people like us who are pushing them away. It's like, you're making a choice. Like we're just standing here just saying yeah, what we think and what we believe and you hate it. And you are pushing us away. Well, so, and,
2: and- you hear all sorts of straw man arguments too, right? Where like, well, you know, you got to have, you got to wear a seatbelt and you're like, <sighs> um, I, yeah. I, that's one of the arguments I hear all the damn time. You got to wear a seatbelt. That's the law. Well, Hey man, seat belts are just kind of a good idea. And I don't wear a seatbelt to protect you. I wear a seatbelt to protect me because mm. I think it's a good idea. Right? So if you want to wear yeah. a mask to protect you, cool. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't wear a seatbelt to protect you. I'm not going to wear a mask to protect you. Uh, I'm yep. definitely not going to inject myself with anything that those, like. No. And, and and it's not that I'm anti-medicine. I'm not. But yeah. I'll tell you, I, I've I've really kind of got to the point in my life where I'm like, eh, maybe I'm not going to trust pharmaceuticals very much. And if I can get a, you know, an off-brand for, I don't know, some type of penicillin or something if i'm really sick i'll do that but outside of that man like leave that drug stuff alone leave the pharmaceuticals alone you know yeah. lose weight eat healthy all that fun stuff right Sunshine. Low BMI. <laughs> and don't be old right like that overwhelmingly <laughs> corona kills old people people who are past old their life people,
1: fat people yeah and
3: that know. was what was so funny somebody said something the other day they were talking about how like the life expectancy in the united states is 80 that's usually about the average age that people yeah, 78. live to. Yep, yep. And um, the average age of people who are dying from COVID are like 80. <laughs> so they're doing better.
1: Weird. Cor-
2: so Corona makes you live nuts. longer? It's nuts.
1: <laughs> I guess so. I We should all just get it.
3: Yeah. I, I had it. I had it too. And I'm, I want it. If yeah. I haven't, if haven't had, had it, it I yet? want
1: it. No. Oh, don't know how man. I haven't unless I literally Maybe you have. already did. I, I wouldn't be surprised because I've literally been out of my house with any group of people. I've never I don't like choose to wear masks. I don't. Choose and you to had to step anything. over all the
3: dead bodies and oh, man, yeah, yeah. I mean, like it was there was everywhere. definitely
1: definitely cadavers just everywhere. You know, just you know, like North Korea
3: all over oh, again. Jesus, I was right. I've been
1: with grandma all year. Like <laughs> I I almost feel like I have to have had quote unquote. And you may food. have. But I know. So, I know. So
2: we were just, my kids were actually asking about this on the way down to jujitsu tonight. And we have a, we got a little ways into town to get to jujitsu. So we have great conversations. Aww. My wife um, started, you know, looking up the, what they had asked. And they said, what's the difference or, or why do they call it COVID 19 and Corona? And I was like, what an astute question, you little 10 year old. And <laughs> so my wife starts looking it up and she tells me that. Corona is a type of you know, virus, right? It's a flu virus mm-hmm. type, mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, and it's happened throughout history. Yeah. Um, the very interesting thing is, is if you have a corona virus, it doesn't necessarily mean it's COVID-19. Right. And when you have corona, you can test positive, right? And that goes towards the positive results for COVID-19, which means. All along, we've probably just been having flu, upper respiratory type flu, which is the yeah. coronavirus. Yeah. And they've been counting it as that and using the natural things in this world that we're already doing as fear-mongering techniques to divide a population and crush an economy. So, yeah. Um, be aware of anybody that tells you about, I don't know, CO2 being a bad thing and corona and <laughs> all of these other things out there that are just kind of your everyday common you know, things don't be scared of life.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. And I mean, that's the thing I always said to my family is that I just, I don't even care if I die from this. Like what is life if you're stuck at home and you can't go and do anything that you want to do, you know, what kind of life is that? And I mean, I was a hospice nurse, so I remember, you know, having conversations with patients and being like, you know, if, how do you want your your life to be like, how, how do you want to go out? You know, do you want to be in a hospital or do you want to be at home with your loved ones? Obviously they wanted to go home and be with their loved ones. And I would try to do everything I could to get them to do what they wanted to do. We would get them blood transfusions so they could see their grandchild graduate. I would, you know, make sure my patients medications were right where they should have be been. So she knew how to take them so she could go to Easter Sunday church. But If I had to do all of that during COVID, those people would never have been able to do any of those things. It would have been devastating.
0: Yeah, I I I couldn't
3: have watched that.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely reality for a lot of people, right? I mean, we're talking millions now. Like, yeah. And it's all on them, right? It's like, that's the thing is like, okay, yeah, you guys are talking about big ass numbers in terms of what this has done. That's on you guys. Right. When oh. you're not talking about antibodies, you're not talking about things like ivermectin, you're not talking, or if you mm-hmm. are talking about it, you're misleading people oh, yeah. uh, calling right. it veterinary medicine or yep. horse to wormer. Yep. Right. Like, <sighs> if, if, Evil. if they, if they knew, and I, Evil. I'm pretty sure they did know that, you know, there oh. were alternatives to a brand new shot, you know, being developed, those deaths are all on you guys. And I'm telling you, I, I at some point, It's got to be Nuremberg 2.0. Like, it's, I mean, I'm
3: not. These people need to be, they need it. Like, I can't even say what they need.
2: No, and see, that's the thing. It's like, we're, I I think, you know, this crowd, like, you would think that, you know, a guy like me is like pro-death penalty, right? And, man, that was like one of the last things I gave up. I was like, all right, the state should definitely not have the power to kill people. So, when we finally have these people dead to rights, we still got to be the people like, we should probably just let them rot. or. And hear me out. I have this idea where I'd love to take them and drop them in the Yukon, right? Like, hey, it's spring, right? The bears are hungry. So avoid those guys. Um, You know, try not to get dysentery. And if you make it back to civilization after suffering and seeing what it's like to wonder if you're going to make it to the next meal or the next day or whatever it is, maybe you'll have a different perspective on life. And maybe you can be reintroduced to society at that point, but we're not going to kill you, but we're also not going to save you. And we're not going to spend a fucking dime on you in a prison cell because we don't really think you you've earned it.
3: Right. Like, yeah, here's a free trip to the wilderness. See you later. You have a, you have a better, like a much more nicer idea than I did. I was just thinking more of like a squid games kind of scenario, but you know, You got.
2: It. That's the thing is we we got to be we got to be what we preach, right? At the end yeah. of the day, in the worst circumstances, we got to be what we preach. And if we don't want the state to have the power to kill people, well, I guess taking them out to the Yukon is probably the, the next best thing.
3: Yeah,
1: we give them some options, or just let the UConn families one. of
3: those that died in hospitals alone, or the or the families that lost their loved ones when they begged the hospital to give them ivermectin, let to them, give them anything their else fate.
1: Besides, you know, kill them with rimdesivir, but.
3: Yeah. I mean, like just today, I mean, I had a guy contact me on Instagram and tell me about how his he his wife died and from COVID in the hospital and he begged and begged and begged them to give her ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and they absolutely refused. And it was just like the last thing that they wanted to try. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: You don't have the right to try in America anymore. It's crazy. Yeah,
3: it's ridiculous. I, I mean, I'm sure that he's not. The, I've heard met multiple stories like that. So, yeah, no, I wonder how many people problem. are out there that that have had that same experience. They should probably find each other. And
2: yeah, I mean, maybe have a lawyer come in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, class action lawsuits are, I, I think, going to be a <laughs> big thing. I mean, especially with all the targeting and harassment um, mm-hmm. uh, from giant corporations pushing fascism under you know, bullshit EOs, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you guys, you guys really understand what you're doing right now? Because I don't think you do. I think there are a lot yeah. of really smart people out there that are going to sue the shit out of you. One I way can't or
1: wait to see that. That's another, that's, <laughs> that's been my silver lining and like, you know, white pill like, or me trying to keep it in mind is like, I'm in the um, medical legal world basically. And we're normally like defending companies that are being wrongfully sued for things that you know they didn't cause they had no responsibility for somebody's illness that you know is brought on either spontaneously or when it comes to lung cancer you know you smoke yourself to death um but so the fact that like none of this like not only do they, these injections like not have any liability like it's just so people are so insulated from something that they literally do and practice every day. I think it's like part of the psychosis. Like, and, um, so I don't know. I like, Mm -hmm. I, I, because of the world I'm in and like the viewpoints I'm constantly shown to exist. I am always like trying very hard to stay optimistic (laughs) and white filled that, that I'm not in the minority, that I'm not alone. I'm not crazy.
2: I'm going to, I'm going to try to blow your mind here because this is all, this is all part of warfare, right? Like this, this part, here's the thing is (sighs) the government doesn't lose on this either way. Right. And and if you take a step back and you kind of look at this and you go, all right, well, what's, what's the objective? The objective, if we're using Occam's razor is to absolutely crush America. Like Mm -hmm. you're done. Like you are not going to be a nation anymore. You're definitely not going to be an economic power. You're not going to be a military power after we're done with you. So what do they do? They, they, they issue executive orders. They use their, their bureaucrats to go out and say, you're going to do this or we're going to fine you tons and tons of money. And you'll go broke fighting the fines. You'll go broke in court fighting government.
0: Yeah.
2: And the short-sightedness of these, you know, quote-unquote executives who have never been in a no-shit situation, right? They don't know how to handle an emergency, right, with this kind of stuff where they can take a step back and they can breathe and they can be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck over all these great employees that have made sure that I live a very comfortable life uh, because these guys said I need to yeah. because mm-hmm. of science. And <laughs> you're like, all right. So some of them do it. The ones that are not thinkers, the ones that just fall in line, the ones that did great in grade school because they just listened and regurgitated mm-hmm. bullshit and they did exactly what they were told, just like John Taylor got it. We've come full circle. And yep, at the end of the day, they're going to get sued. And what's going to happen is these companies are not going to be able to survive what's coming their way from lawsuits. So either way, the companies are set up to fail. You're in a catch 22. You either do this or you're going to get fined to death or you do it and you're going to get sued to death
0: either way Mm -hmm.
2: the government and whoever's trying to bring down this economy wins not that it's not in free fall already but it's like here here comes all your major corporations of 100 people or more man they are going to fry in america so get ready because there's going to be a lot of great entrepreneurial business opportunity for everybody to pick up when this thing kind of burns to the ground and we get rid of all the crap companies and the crap executives and leadership. And and hopefully what happens is we kind of get rid of the goddamn stock market too. You know, the way it's been run with all mm-hmm. these people and people are able to invest in things that they know and that they love and it's not manipulated. They're not shorting stocks and all those kind of things and we're trading in Consensual Bitcoin and the world per.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. I just feel like it, it's, um, even if we don't do anything, if we let them have complete control, it's like they're going to destroy themselves in the r- long run, anyways. It can't sustain itself that, that long. Yeah. So, I mean, the supply chains are down. Um, people can't get the things that they need. I mean, when you, keep, when you treat your employees, Like they're expendable like nursing nurses for example you know i mean oh yeah uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic pandemic. (laughs) yeah and we're firing nurses like what are you what and um the police in chicago are already they're refusing to get vaccinated and chicago is new york yeah i mean good more More. it needs to happen it should have like the To be honest, the cops should have been refusing to do a lot of shit a long time ago. A long time ago. (laughs) During this whole COVID thing. But oh well. Better late than never, I guess. Line
1: in the sand. Like, let's show them now.
2: (laughs) it's It's at the point now where you go, hey, sheriffs, hey, police, you know, you guys, you're the executives. You're the third branch, right? Like, you don't have to do any of this shit. You can tell the the judges and the legislators to kiss your ass like that's your job, right? Your job is to make sure that our rights are upheld first and foremost, and that's it. And if you were real men with real spines and brass balls, you'd go out there and you'd start arresting the politicians and the judges and the bureaucrats and anybody else who was coming into your community and telling them how they had to live their life or shut down their business or not live their life.
0: Yep. And that's where mm-hmm. I
2: hope we're getting to is these guys are going, you know what, we, mm. we got to turn the page here, right, as an organization. Um, and I, I'll tell you, if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff, you're, um, if your audience is interested in taking action, um, I just had my proof of concept called the Helios Initiative adopted here in uh, Cherokee County by uh, the Holly Springs mayor. And basically what it does is it's got four proclamations up there right now. And they can go out. They can copy it uh, from radicalpod.com, and they can take it down to their mayor and say, "We're going to demand you adopt this. It gets rid of civil asset forfeiture. uh, It gets rid of cannabis laws. It gets rid of uh, vaccine mandates and mask mandates, and it gets rid of um, gun control. Just to start, yeah, a bunch more. But it's. uh, I think at this point, you know, acting locally and coming up with real solutions for this kind of stuff in real time. We don't have time for you know elections. We don't have time for legislators. We don't have time for you know the the bureaucracy and the. Ju- they're never going to straighten this out. It's going to take people going down and saying, "Hey, man, you're a human. You live in my community. We're human beings. You got to leave peaceful people alone. And if you'll do that, we got your back. If you yeah. don't do that, we're going to kick in your door and we're going to get yeah. rid of you one way or another. Your back. Yeah. yeah, yep, yeah. Well, that's
3: actually
1: that. A nice little libertarian platter, <laughs> like, <laughs> but those aren't those aren't that radical, right? Like those are all things that, like, most I don't people know. should just right get along just, and
2: just kind of free
3: people stuff, right? Just, like, oh right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean, <laughs> We're gotta, America, uh, <laughs> right? The to be the freest, and
3: um, I mean, I think that's the, true, and I think that even people who are on the left that have been complying with a lot of this stuff, and even the people on the right that have been complying with all this they all agree that this sucks. Like it's these past couple of years have really just sucked and we don't want to live like this anymore. Nope. But you know, that's why I think our voice is really important because if we just keep saying, Hey, we don't have to live like this. Um, we could just stop doing what they say. <laughs> Amazing, uh,
2: Right. There's not, there's, and that's the thing is, what do you, they can't do anything at the federal level without your local guys. Like they can't and if your local guys you know are up against all of you they can't do anything Mm -hmm. i i just don't i don't get it man it's just a, a simple numbers game where people go hey man you're cool i'm cool you're not murdering people you're not raping people like We can, we can chill out Mm -hmm. right there, man. Let's, let's, let's leave it at that.
3: (laughs) But I think sometimes all it takes is like, if you're thinking this in your head, but you feel like you're the only one, but when you hear other people saying it, it makes you feel more confident to say it out loud and to live it. And that's why I just think I'm like, when I'm sorry, I know this sounds really terrible because Thanksgiving is going to be coming up in a couple of weeks, but that's why you just say it. Don't worry about offending people anymore. Because people are offended regardless now. I mean, everybody's just like, everybody's just weak. It's off. We (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I agree So just say it anyways. I mean, they might be mad at you, but, you know, it, it will stick in the back of their brain. Like, I don't have to do this. I don't have to live like this. I don't have to be unhappy like this anymore. And I don't have to be scared. Like, that's the biggest thing. And I try to tell people as a nurse, like, really, truly. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. I'll tell you what you
2: guys get it too, and that's that's one group. Like, and I say this like as a Marine combat vet, right? Like the one group that I knew I could always count on because of like guys like my dad who were you know worked with nurses Mm. were nurses, right? Like he was like, if you ever want the ground truth from any woman, go ask a nurse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like they don't give a shit. They've seen it all, man, and they've seen it. All and they've seen lots of it, and it's like, listen, we need more people, you know, that will speak their mind, like nurses will, like combat vets will, anybody who's been around the block and seen some things and doesn't, I don't know, doesn't play this political, you know, correct bullshit. Just Mm -hmm. go out and 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 be who you are. Stop being scared of what people think. Uh, I mean, and stop being scared of life. I mean, you're human being. Nobody's getting out alive, right? Like, it's just like, come on, guys at the and end, end one of the, the day
3: yeah that's one of the biggest th- lies i think that we were told is that it's it's impolite to talk about politics it's impolite to talk about religion whatever but sometimes like you need to do that like yeah. I to be quite honest when i was dating i would just talk about my religious beliefs my politics <laughs> everything on the first damn that's date because it uh, weeds them out Oh, i was just get it get it clean it, you know i mean that's it you just got to be yourself you're right because that's yeah. how you attract the right people to you and so you as long your as tribe. you're not being rude or mean to people you know you might actually it's trying to find your tribe yeah mm-hmm. and you might plant a seed somewhere and you don't realize it
2: yeah well, i'll tell you right now i took my 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 young bride from being a barack obama primary voter <laughs> <laughs> to uh damn near i think anarchist out here on the side of a mountain in the middle of nowhere homesteading and homeschooling so it's it, it, and, and understand right like ideas make sense after a while and, and and you know if you if you're having loving positive conversations with people people can change over time and it, and it, it's going to take work and all that kind of stuff so you know if you like somebody it's not that you can't marry them if they don't have all the the same ideas. Right. And, and right. trust me. I mean, I was a bag of cats too. And I didn't even realize it at the time. So, you know, like over the years and you sitting there going, yeah, you know, honey, I'm, I'm real appreciative that you stuck with me and all my, you know, mental bullshit, you know, that I had to get through for, I don't know how long thanks cannabis very much for helping me with that. Um, but it's <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, th- there there is a way for us to all coexist and it's really you know at the end of the day is stop politicizing stuff stop you know trying to say oh there ought to be a law there ought to be a rule we should yes. do this or they mm. should do that right it's like no, no 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 um no none of that let's just nope. agree to the basics and just let's leave it man we'll sort it out case by case basis this is the best damn way like we're not going to know the is. world
3: <laughs> It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. It's like, if you don't like hearing something, turn it off, change the channel or walk away. You don't have to listen to things you don't like. You got sticks, that's your freedom. Stones, right. It's your freedom of choice. I mean, freedom uh, to associate, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to, it just, I mean, that's the thing. that just drives me crazy, but I think it's like, once you realize, like, I think that's one of the things that we kind of have a problem with is like, we've realized that. We're getting frustrated because there's so many people out there that haven't yet. And you're just like, just make that next step, please.
2: Yeah. And and I'll tell you, you know, as libertarians, um, you know, we're kind of, you know, or at least volunteerists, right. Mm -hmm. We're kind of those people that have done the homework and we've done the research. And I will tell you like, this is the smartest crowd I've ever been around. Right. It pushes, (laughs) it pushes you to like, go and learn more and more and more and more
1: and question and
2: and what we're great at is you know regurgitating you know great information from places like the mises institute and the great minds and you know you know austrian business cycle and like rothbard's and mises like all these amazing people Mm -hmm. and, and and ideas we're terrible at empathy and I mean absolutely <laughs> fucking awful at it. And that's coming from a guy that you know they used to call the tin man, right? Like I was not good at this. And like again, thank you, cannabis, because it gave me some empathy, right? And and it's the one thing that I would say to anybody that's trying to plant a seed, right? Is be loving, be empathetic, understand that it took you a while, right? It, it took me. You know, Mm -hmm. probably close to over 10, 12 years somewhere to go from, you know, neocon to anarcho-capitalist. And all the reading and study along the way to make that happen, that is a great story for you to tell somebody that Mm -hmm. is not there, right? That you're really frustrated with. It's just like, hey, what is this person primed for? What, what little topic, what little seed can I plant with these guys in an empathetic way? What story can I tell them for my life? And if I can tell them that story and it makes an impact, all I got to do is leave, right? And if yep. they come back to me and say, I really like what you had to say there. And, and here's a book, whatever, right? And at that mm-hmm. point, now you've started somebody else down that path. It's just like an alcoholic or a drug addict. If they're not willing to do the work themselves, it's never going to happen. You're right. not going to, you're not going to you're not going to pray the gay away. You're not going to like, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to pray, you know, these kind of things, uh, into people. It's going to take a lot of work and effort.
3: Yeah, I agree.
0: But that's what we just need to do.
1: Yep. We want to live in that world. So, you know, we got to keep creating it, creating opportunities for it as well um conversations like these and you know easily shareable um experiences and stories and i totally agree like just try to find any any bit that you can kind of like relate to that person especially like um because the logic has found us you know the the ideas like you said um they sort of make sense after a time and so those are out there and they're working but there may be You know the longer term projects um, that eventually trickle down and get people, but I think it is like maybe like a drastic, um, empathetic or emotional response and and realization that might hit people faster, radicalize them faster, and um you know that was kind of like what happened to me um with the sort of slow and then very very rapid um, realization of like why it's moral to be anti-war. And um, you know, it was just kind of being told indirectly, you know, Dave Smith was doing a bit of, you know, yelling at me uh, on through the podcast um just about how like much I needed to take that seriously and how that had to be the um absolutely like, most important mm-hmm. thing for us to care about. But, you know, life, love, humans, like the existence that we all want, you know.
3: And I think that another important thing to think about for libertarians, because we tend to be very rigid in our thinking sometimes, there's multiple ways to reach people. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've i been seeing a lot of criticisms by certain people that um, towards another certain group of people. And I hate when I see people I like being mean to people I like. I know.
1: I hate uh, so much. It
3: makes me mad because I because. I think that we have enough enemies as it is. You know, we don't need to criticize other people for like let's say, you know, a lot of people have been criticizing Dave Smith for trying to go through the Mises uh caucus and do the things the political route.
1: And I mean, even you, like that's
3: yes. And I think that that Never. is one way to do it and I think he's right. Ron Paul did change a lot of people's minds through the political route. But if that's not the way you want to do it, that's fine. But you know what? Shut your mouth. Quit criticizing other people and do something on your own. Do something the way you want to do it. And if that's what you're doing right now, then great. Great. Keep
1: doing but
3: it. But we have to stop being so critical of each other. Like, I can't stand it. And I know if I don't like it, it's a turnoff to other people, too. Yeah. So that's just what I'm going to say.
2: I 100% agree with you. I was up at the, uh, the Michigan convention um, this earlier this year and i you know i'm not going to say names but i imagine you guys can imagine some of the voices who were there and they were like it was all about messaging right it was just like you know it's it's gotta be this (laughs) i gave my speech and i was like look that messaging is exactly what you said we need anybody and everybody do you think you can do something great go do it Mm -hmm. what we don't need is people tearing other people apart right right if you don't understand their way that's okay You're not meant to understand their way. You're not maybe under, you know, meant to understand their crowd. Listen, I swear and I cuss and I tell stories that a lot of people are never, ever, ever going to understand. And some people will be absolutely repulsed by the, you know, like who I am and what I've done and all that kind of stuff. I'm not Mm -hmm. looking for you. I'm looking for that guy over there that like Mm -hmm. barely anybody can reach. That's who Mm -hmm. I'm looking for. Right. And that's, that's what it's got to be. It's just like, go do something, take action, stop, you know, being a net consumer, be a net producer and start figuring out ways to change things. Um, if you, st- I'll, I'll tell you, if, if people put as much time into their Twitter feeds as they did to changing their local politics and their sheriffs and their mayor's minds about things, yeah, you'd be free tomorrow.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's what kills me. It's like, I think of people like Maj Ture and Dave Smith and they, they are literally doing something. Like, especially Maj, he's really doing something that is amazing and that there's still people that criticize his approach and, and I can't, I I don't understand that. And that's why I'm saying, like, I know that we're on a podcast and we're just talking a lot, but I feel like sometimes we need to just talk less and just do more. You (laughs) know, I don't need to hear every single thought that comes out of your mind. And sometimes you might change your mind. I mean. I don't know. Just it. don't let everything that's critical come out for us to see. We don't need to see it. I'm just saying. I like that.
1: <laughs> so, um, Shane, we've mentioned a couple um, things that you're either working on or, you know, make up sort of like, the I don't want to say character, but like, you know, just the facets of Shane Hazel. But if, um, if our listeners again have never seen or, um, heard you before where would you direct them to find find more about you your work um and ways to get involved um
2: yeah um radicalpod.com has everything um it's got the podcast it's got all the links to social media it's got the platform for the governor run it's also got helios it's got some merchandise on it and i am working on some other things um to start um bringing people together spiritually if that makes okay. sense yeah. um a lot of uh a lot of psychedelic type stuff um in there for people with ptsd especially mm-hmm. um and really more or less to just kind of get people connected back to nature and earth and each other um and i think it's going to change a lot of things up here in appalachistan so Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to kind of sharing these, these projects and ideas as I keep kind of, you know, going and going and going. It's just like, oh, I just got to keep doing stuff. So, um, yeah, radicalpod.com is where you can find everything. So.
1: All right, great. Well, um, thank you again for joining us. It was really, um, great to speak to you and I'm really excited to see what all you keep doing and, um yeah thank you for white pilling us us tonight (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i I came into this like really like distracted and kind of defeated and really pissed off at the fucking state so
2: (laughs) i get it i'm there i'm about to have to go pay property tax and everything else and it's just Uh, i homeschool and it's (laughs) i get it so uh ladies thank you guys so much for having me i've really enjoyed it and uh, i'd love to have you on my show here uh in the very near future if you guys got time to do something like that and uh kind of
1: get get you
2: out and do uh some more of what you guys are getting into
1: yeah yeah no great thanks so again everybody go check out shane's podcast and his site and all the cool stuff he's doing um we'll catch you all next time but in the meantime keep it sane keep it peaceful and keep it voluntary